Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Jay. And Brad. Wait. Wait. I'm Brad. I'm Jay. I'm an All act. Right. All right. Jay, what's up, Brad? What is that thing on your arm? Uh, nothing. Why not? You used to have a thing on your arm uh, yeah, two days just, ago. Yeah, I did. I just took it off today. It's the first day out of the sling. So post-surgery report, how'd it go? <laughs> it went good. It was, uh, it was. Uh, I don't remember anything, but I woke up on the bed with, with a pretty funny video that Lexi recorded. Dude, the funny video was like, why is my shoulder hurt? <laughs> I was like, why is it numb? I just kept saying. He literally asked you guys. Who, whoa, who, whoa, who's this? Lexi. Oh, hey, Lex. What's up? <laughs> Um, you guys, he literally asked 15 times, like what he, where he was, and why his, why he was going to surgery. He's like, my, my shoulders hurt. What? It feels like I fell asleep on my arm. Why is my arm falling asleep? Like over and over. It was and completely over and limp, numb. Like couldn't. And because they did that shot in your neck. Where yeah, they did a nerve block and they put me under anesthesia. So the nerve block lasted for 24 hours. So even after the surgery, I still have some. Hopefully, I don't have permanent damage, but my <laughs> my three fingers are still. Oh, wow. Especially when I lift it up to here. So the doctor, when I brought it up yesterday, he's like, oh, that's weird. Like, oh, that's not a good sign. <laughs> Did he write something down yeah. after that? Yeah, he wrote it in his notes. I'm like, hmm, we'll see you in five weeks. I'm like, anyways. Um, so surgery went good. Um, he said that when he got in there that I had no cartilage in my joint at all. So it was bone on bone. My collarbone was rubbing and grinding. So your complaining was justified. Exactly. Okay. He's surprised that I was as active as I was. Okay. He said, you're We had a lot of nice listeners that send in emails and stuff, suggestions for you yeah, for icing nice. and things like yeah. that. that so awesome. thank you. That was, that was great. That was awesome. Uh, I have a question related. Like, uh, you took some pain medication. Yeah. Still. Um, what, what did you take? Still winging off. Um, I tried to, um, he tried a new drug called Tramadol or was it Tramadol? Tramadol. Yeah, and I'm, it's not new to other people, but I've been out for seven years, out of the game. <laughs> do people so, abuse Tramadol? I maybe they do. Um, it's it. They came out with it to so you don't abuse. It's an opiate. It's a synthetic. Okay. Harder to abuse, I think. Um, it doesn't give so, you the same side effects. So when you took, but it's a really bad painkiller. At least for me, it didn't do anything. Like I took uh, it and felt no different. Did you take anything else? Yeah. So then we tried Tylenol coating, which is the lower form. I had already had a prescription of that that okay. I hadn't taken. Um, Okay, so question. Yeah. When you mentioned in a podcast about with the fur, when you were on your mission and you took that pain pill, mm-hmm. that the pain went away, but it had mm-hmm. some euphoria effect. Yeah. Did that? Yeah, it definitely did has it? A, There's no way to deny it has a euphoria effect, but I don't. But I don't it, get that. That's what's, yeah. uh, that's what's fascinating to me. Yeah, if you take enough, you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you just took one or whatever. Yeah, but I mean, no. I, I mean, the, yeah, but I mean, even one today, I mean, I had to take two. I was in so much pain, but even with two, um, back in the day, I used to swallow 30 or 40 in a day. If I'm going to go back to when you're on your mission. Yeah. Time, you, took, I mean, you took one pill, you yeah. said. Yeah, once again. So let me explain. So you, you're always going to have euphoria with any type of drug. That's just If it doesn't give you euphoria, then it's probably not a drug. It puts just, me to sleep. Yeah. Well, some, some people, yeah. Form of euphoria. For most people, it, it gives you a euphoria, like even non-addicts. Like opiates are the strongest you know, Lexi, is that for you? Have yeah. you had pain medication? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I used okay. to abuse pain medication, but okay. like in high school. Okay. She never went far enough to ruin her life. But okay. like, so the euphoria came, but it's different than like before where this, when this euphoria comes, it's, it's able to like, you know, I'm able to recognize this is not real. This is not like, this is not like a cure. At that time when I was 21 years old on my mission, like I didn't know any better. So I was like, oh, this is must be how everyone feels normally. And cause okay. I 
have so much pain that this drug is here to eliminate that pain, these chronic headaches I had. So, so yeah, that's so. helpful for any normie listening that may take it. They're like, or or maybe it's their first time taking it to yeah, I didn't like it. I wasn't happy. Like, you can even ask Lex. I was, like, nervous the first night. Like, even on it. Like, where I used to thrive on drugs. Like, I could thrive. Like, literally, nervous? physically be active, you what, know. What, what, made, what made you nervous? It, um, when, you, when you're sober long enough, you don't, you don't like the feeling of being out of control. Okay. Where I used to not, not only did I not feel out of control, but I felt more comfortable inebriated. Like, you know what I mean? That's okay. the first time I drank so, when I was So maybe 11, that's the thing. feeling I get, because I don't like when I've had uh, hernia yeah. surgery yeah. and... I think that's how normal people are, like, when they drink alcohol for the... Most people, like, if you're not an alcoholic, right, um, you'll have a couple drinks or you'll have a drink um, outside of the church, right? People will drink, and they'll get to a point where they feel buzzed, and they feel like they're losing control, and they'll stop because they don't want to lose control. That has never been me. I'm feeling a little tipsy. (laughs) Yeah, a little tipsy. Yeah, well, like, I felt... I mean, I always felt in control. I felt like I could... I mean, it was like... I'm going to go, go, go. It's like, let's kick it up a gear. Or this time when I took it, yeah, it took the pain away, but it also made me feel um, uncomfortable. It's not a comfortable feeling because I know that my brain has like these defense. I know what I've achieved and I don't want to lose that. And Lexi, you had some anxiety going into it. Is it uh, feeling good about things? Yeah, I feel great. Honestly, um, the, the first two nights were hard just because he was in a lot of pain. And we're just up all night because he just was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I think the lack of sleep was just not fun. But honestly, like his recovery has been awesome. Like every day, he's took less and less. Like today, yeah, we were at the church on. Yeah. yeah. Did you go to the beach on Saturday? When did yeah. we go to the beach? Like, it was like he's right after. Pretty much like walk down the hill. Like in the next probably two or three days, he won't even be on him anymore. So I'm not stressed. I give it to him. He asked for them in the allotted amount. I just give him the one or whatever, and I put him back wherever I have my special spot. and That he doesn't know where it's at? That he doesn't know where it's okay. at. It's not like he's searching for it or, yeah. you know what I mean? It'd be pretty like, easy to find, I'm sure. But he, I'm sure, yeah. It's not something but that... Anyway. He just asked Avery or June. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, where's the president? Where's my football? But, no. Okay, no. good report. Yeah. Good report. Uh, the only news piece I have is, it's probably a little old, but uh, President Nelson went and spoke to the NAACP. Yeah, we posted that. that YouTube up. That yeah, was, that was a cool talk. That was awesome, right? So just pretty sparse for '94. I hope I '94, right? Yeah, yeah. I hope I'm that coherent, dude. Barely that coherent now. Thirty-four right now. Yeah, it's good. And we had some. We 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 did have some news. I mean, there was some tragic, more shootings and stuff. I think that's that's a bummer to talk about. But like you know, obviously thoughts and prayers go out to those people. I mean, people losing life is is sucks. So scary. Yeah. Yeah. but there's a lot of hope when I see things like the the President Russell, you know, out there talking. Well, I get hope from that type I of stuff. I also, like, we're told to read the scriptures, right? And especially the Book of Mormon and that cycle of of evil and bad things happening cycle in and out. It's and so ended, yeah. it, uh, and we are also foretold that in the end, last days, it's going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah. So it's totally horrible, but it's also prophesied. Like, it's going to get a lot worse. Totally. Um if you read the scriptures, you know that. Um, but uh, so we just hope you don't get caught up in it. Yeah. Don't get down. When, when, when yeah. I see things like this, I think you feel the same way. It's like, oh, here's the prophet. He knows the beginning. You know, he's the Lord's mouthpiece, and he's not sitting up there moping and droping. He's talking about positive things and how to have hope and, yeah. you know, yeah. be positive. Totally. That's helped me a lot. Okay. Well, that's it for news. We're going to go to uh, Ask the Addict's Spouse for uh, that's what Lexi did. Yeah, can I leave? No, I'm gonna have some input from you, and then uh, we'll we'll pop in a step, your share, and then we'll get into the next. Ask Lexi. Sweet.
is I love this program and I want to share because every time I seem to open my mouth, I also get fed, like Neil said. And so it's interesting. I'll, like I'll go to start sharing on one thing or the whole meeting or before that day. I'm like, I'm going to share on this, you know, and I all these promptings. And then, then all these things come up and I'm like, oh, no, like that's what you need to share for yourself. And I really do try to pray to, to, to know what to say. But um, so maybe someone else that was where I was you know, years ago or maybe yesterday, right? We, like we said, it's up and down. I don't care how much time you have. We're still human. And um, this program has given me my entire life. My addiction took my entire life away. Like I didn't die, but I should have. It took all my friends away. It took my, almost took my church membership at times. Um, you know, uh, lost my scholarship in BYU that I worked really hard to get. Um, you know, all sorts of things. And uh, my wife left me, you know, pregnant with our second child. So not just left me when it was easy, left when it was the most difficult time, you know, left with, with zero hope. And we didn't have this program. She didn't leave me because, like, we had this and I was kept relapsing. We didn't know at all that this program existed. We lived everywhere. Like, the church was everywhere we lived. We never didn't go. I was one of those weirdos that was 100% active and yet broke every commandment, you know, like at the same time, like, wow, like what a compartmentalizer. Like I love the church and I love serving and I love the gospel. I love Joseph Smith, love all this stuff. But I would, couldn't stop looking at pornography. Once the pills kicked in, I couldn't stop taking pills. And then everything that comes with those two things. And so, but what I'm getting at is we went to all, every bishop knew about my problem, always. And never once was this program offered to us. Never once would someone say, Guess what? You're not alone. What could that have done for my wife? What could that have done for me? Now, I'm grateful it had to go through the chaos. You know, I heard a lot tonight, and I say it too. Man, I wish this would just end. You know what? If it ends before we learn what we're supposed to learn, then we're not better for it. And we had to go through hell to find this program. When she left me, we couldn't even communicate at all. There wasn't like we talked sometimes. And by the way, she didn't leave me going, I'm going to hopefully manipulate him to get serious this time. It was, I'm done. I hate you. I want a divorce. There's no tears. There's no crying. And Xander had to be our middleman. That's why he's smiling <laughs> over there. You know, and it was, it was horrible. We were extremely immature. And I was, on, I, was, I was a lunatic. The drugs stole my soul. And they stole everything that was ever pure about me was gone by that point. And... Uh, you know, I, I handed this out, and you may think it's cheesy, and I thought it was cheesy when I read it my first, uh, my first, I think I read it like my 10th meeting or something, like around the first time I went. And, you know, just put your name at the top and put it up on your fridge or put it in your bathroom or put it somewhere where you can see it because this is what the opposite of what we talked about tonight. And this is stolen from AA, and then someone put ARP in here, so don't think that we, we invented this. We're not special. Um, uh, we just take everything from AA. Um, but... Uh, it says, I hate ARP meetings. I hate Heavenly Father. I hate anyone who has a 12-step program. To all who come in contact with me, I wish you death and I wish you suffering. You think that's an exaggeration? Come for a few years and watch people die, families split up, and people's souls get taken from them because of their addiction. They may live, but they're insane. Insane. I can think of several people that should be here tonight that aren't and who are insane because of their addiction, and they're still living. Allow me to introduce myself. I am your disease of addiction. Cunning, baffling, and powerful. That's me. I have killed millions, and I am pleased. I love to catch you when the elements of surprise. 
I love pretending I am your best friend and lover. I give you comfort, have I not? Wasn't I there when you were lonely? When you wanted to die, didn't you call me? I was there. I love to make you hurt. I love to make you cry. And better yet, I love when I make you so numb that you can neither hurt nor cry. You can't feel anything at all. This for me is true glory. I will give you instant gratification and all I ask of you is long suffering. I've been there for you always. When things were going right in your life, you invited me in. You said you didn't deserve these good things and I was the only one who agreed with you. Together we were able to destroy all good things in your life. People don't take me seriously. They take strokes seriously, heart attacks seriously, cancer seriously, and even diabetes they take seriously. What fools you all are. You don't know that without help, I am deadlier than all these combined. I am, I am such a hated disease, and yet I do not come uninvited. You choose to have me. So many of you have chosen me over reality and peace. More than you hate me, I hate you. Because when you have the 12-step program, because you have the 12-step program, your programs, your meetings, your Heavenly Father all weaken me, and I cannot function in a matter I am accustomed to. Now I must lie quietly. You don't see me, but I am here, growing bigger and stronger than ever. When you only exist, I can live. When you live, I can only exist, but I am here, and until we meet again, if we meet again, I wish you death and suffering, sincerely your disease of addiction. Now, maybe when you first picked this up, you didn't take it seriously, but as sure as heck, when I read it, I felt the spirit burning within me, because this disease is not from you. It's from the adversary. He's real. And I'm sure you felt the Spirit testify you that when I read that, that that is not some scientific fact. That disease is this chemical imbalance and all this other stuff. Sure, does it interact with our own chemicals? Yes. It is driven by the adversary of God. If you don't believe that, once again, continue to come and watch those completely change their lives when they surrender to God and trust him. And those who don't, watch them lose everything. I've been on both sides of the coin and I've been in the middle. It doesn't work unless I'm all in. And it's hard. It is something that is not checked off. We do it with our, yes, we do one and then we go on. But are you, if you're like me, you've got to do it every second, every day. And then when you, sometimes you go a week and you go, crap, what have I been doing? And I love this program. There's a scripture, and I'll end on this. I'm sorry, I've gone way over. And now I, Moroni, would speak somewhat concerning these things. I would show unto the world faith in things which are hoped for and not seen. Wherefore, dispute not because you see not. For ye receive no witness until after the trial of your faith. If you're wondering why it keeps going, that means you're not. There's something more you got to learn. You're not surrendered yet 100%. It's a fact. You are not terminally unique. You're just like the rest of us. And when we surrendered, guess what? The obsession leaves, pure and simple. Chaos still shows up, but now you have tools to deal with it. I love this program. I love every one of you. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Ask the addict's wife. There we go. <laughs> oh, there she is. Lexi, I'm going to be talking to you today, and we're going to yep, try to keep yep, Jay quiet. Yep, yep. Yeah, well, good luck with that, Brad. I'll play on my phone. <laughs> How much charge <laughs> you got? I, no, I deleted my... He deleted games. his one game. They were game. getting out of control. <laughs> really? He yeah. was getting I couldn't addicted. beat my own score. That really maze was. game. I'm not a gamer, but... All the deacons in church are like, what's that game uh, Brother Merrifield's playing during the oh, sacrament? Not. <laughs> it's called Block Something. What is it called? I don't know. It's like Tetris. But anyway, uh, All right. Uh, well, we, if you hear some laughter in the background, we have a studio audience. We yes, have we some listeners that came from out of town. Uh... And uh, pop by the studio. This pop by the studio. The security <laughs> let him in the studio. You mean the yeah. church building? <laughs> hey, see, that's what Dave Ramsey does, and they come and they do their debt-free screen. Like maybe yeah. we should have that. Oh, oh yeah. Like we're free from addiction screen. You want to guys want to do that? Rip him off. Tell <laughs> <laughs> your date and where you came from. Sorry, we'll we'll really get them. We'll you. get them on the podcast shortly. Yeah. Um, we'll do it remotely, but they, it's kind of it's kind of uh, neat. What, what do you think of that when people uh, show up? It's a trip. I <laughs> uh, like uh, you know we we uh, we started this we started this meeting for our own health in the in the first place right like so to think that it's gone anywhere beyond that first six or seven people that showed up when we were beyond there. the the five hundred followers on my Instagram yeah, feed that yeah. would maybe listen yeah just uh. even that I mean but like when we first three started the ARP meeting in the stake. Just thinking about that and like we just were so remember we were so nervous oh, that someone so would come. The first meeting we were like, is anybody Is gonna anyone gonna show up? And and like of course like it was very humbling. It's been a humbling experience to realize that like of course they're gonna show up. It's not our work. I don't feel like that we're you know, this is not our job. This is like Heavenly Father has inspired you to do certain things, me and Lexi to say and do th- certain things. And uh, well, it's a testament that if we, you are inspired to do something and share light and knowledge and hope to the world, do it. Don't hide it under a bushel. What? True that. Yeah. Boom. Don't don't hide it. Yeah. So uh, it is uncomfortable at times. Like it, we don't have to say when people come in. You're like, yeah. hey, well, uh, <laughs> like, hi. I hope I meet up to your expectations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's also like it's payback, I guess, for cool. like, That's hey, cool. follow the prompting and and it uh, even if it saved one person and helped one person, and it's it's, it's worth it doing yeah. that. Cool. All right. So Lexi, I want to get into you about doing the actual steps. Yes. For a spouse, and I want to cue this up because. So important. Um, this has been a question for me, uh, in this journey for the last several years. And, and I think, especially from listeners, uh, asking us questions and, uh, and, and then talking to some folks at LDS Family Services, like there's some confusion out there in the, in the church, um, because 12 steps in the church are new. Yeah. Um, and the, but 12 steps aren't new. So they were, if you're new to it, like I won't go through the history, but just look up Bill and Bob and the origins of Alcoholics Anonymous in Dayton, Ohio, and learn about that. And our church just adopted the same 12 steps. And what I describe it is we just overlay the gospel of Jesus Christ on it and explain maybe the whys behind it. Um, And then, then... Since we've been doing the podcast, the spousal support guide came out, Mm -hmm. Um, and there are spousal support meetings going on throughout the church, and you lead one up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been been studying and been inquiring with some others that have gone through AA and Al-Anon, trying to find the the. Where does this fit within the puzzle? Right. And my thoughts have changed more over the last probably year mm-hmm. uh, that I think you have as well. Um, so I wanted to get your thoughts on it. So my opinion is 
for the spousal and family. This guide is wonderful and perfect for the family member that kind of just found out that their spouse is an addict. And this, or to me, that's primarily what it is. Because especially in the church, I think this is mainly, like if your husband's an alcoholic, you kind of know. And if your husband's abusing prescription drugs, you probably know. Right. But this is more on the sexual addiction Mm -hmm. and pornography side where someone can live a double life. And you don't smell it or he- or hear it or whatever. Yeah. And all of a sudden, boom, this bomb gets dropped okay. on you that, like, this double life's been lived. Yeah. And I've seen it, and I know you've seen it, where when that bomb gets dropped, the the lack of hope and the lack of peace causes that spouse, that family member, to just give up on the whole gospel and everything. Yeah. Like, oh, eternal family is not available? Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Why Why would I the live the... covenant's gone, you know. Yeah, why would I live the gospel anymore? I'm going to yeah. go start rebelling. Yeah. Um, have you, you've seen that, right? Totally. I've seen that yeah. m- many occasions. Mm-hmm. And I think this does a good job of like, whoa, 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 slow down here. Yeah. Let's, it's not all lost. Like, salvation is still available. Peace and hope through the Savior is still there. You don't need to go mm-hmm. rebel yourself. Right. Um, and I think this does a wonderful job of that. It kind of gives them the option, too, of like, hey, you know, forgiveness is thrown in there a little bit. So I think in that aspect, yeah, I think it gives that emotional support that you feel the loss of when you first find out where you're just like, whoa, you're hit. You feel like your whole life has just been flipped upside down. And this kind of can give you some hope and also... I feel like it can give you, like, there's talks and things like that and quotes that are awesome, but I feel like a lot of people that maybe come to my meetings for the first time, they're like, yeah, this is cool, but I need, I just don't know what to do. I mm-hmm. think people are confused as what to do. It seems very confusing at times. And Be, so. Um, okay, so let me, I'm going to ask Jay because I, let me give an analogy. Tell me if this is even accurate. But like when you find for on the other side of the coin, the addict side, sometimes learning about addiction is helpful. It doesn't tell you what to do, but learning about addiction, learning that opiates have this hook that after you take them so long, you'll be physically addicted and mentally. So learning about addiction helps in the recovery process, but doesn't get help you get you sober. I knew that opiates were addicted many years before I got sober. I was addicted okay. to them. Like, so, like, but, I agree with what you're saying is what I'm saying, that knowledge alone without action is not going to do anything. I knew that drugs were killing me. I knew there was an opiate crisis. I knew there was a problem, but I couldn't stop taking them because I had no actions to help me once I stopped. I knew how to flush them down. Anyone knows how to quit. It's how do I stay quit? How do I replace... How do I deal with the physical dependency? How do I deal with the spiritual bankruptcy? How do I deal with the emotional wreckage? And then how do I deal with my new life? Like, how do I deal with my life now? For, because for 24 hours, every 24 hours was not trying to get high. It was like it's trying to get normal because like, you're so, so sick. Uh, that's actually a great segue because it's kind of like if you have a spouse that, let's just say, sexual or porn addiction, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know how to go to the bishop and confess. Yeah. Right. You know how to go and say, hey, I'm sorry I did A, B, C, D, and E, F, and G, and I'm going to repent, and oh, maybe I'll not take a sacrament, like whatever it is. Now what? Yeah. What do you do when you're tempted ne- the next day? Ne- that no, night? Yeah, but yeah. what about the spouse? The spouse knows that, okay, you're forgiven, Yeah. but now what? Yeah. You almost, and, I think they feel like they're kind of just along for the ride, like, well, no, I they hope just got this guy on. figures it out, or girl, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or they got I dumped think, on. Yeah. Like, some of the women just, don't. You feel like feel that way? Like, like yeah. oh, I just got good. Like, if we've seen spouses, like, the addict will come and confess to the spouse, and then the addict goes to the meeting. She never goes. 
And then he f- comes back six months later going, I feel great. And then here she's like, I just found out you were living a double life for 20 years. You know what I mean? And how do I deal with that? Anger still. Yeah. So, so this kind of helped the, the spousal support guide from your perspective, Lexi, helps you kind of understand the gospel perspective. Yeah. And, and this actually says right here in the intro, this guide does not include a prescriptive list of steps that will lead to healing for all people. There you go. It it says it right here in the intro. So these aren't steps. It's these are guiding principles that 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 do take gospel scriptures and Mm -hmm. prophets and relate them to addiction. Yeah. But they don't give a prescriptive step. Like, what do I do now? Yeah. How do I get over? What's the next step? What's the next step? So what um, what are some of the thoughts that go through uh, a spouse's mind when they, quote unquote, get kicked in the gut finding out this double life? What are some things that have been expressed to you? Um, lots of anger, lots of rage. Um, I feel most of the time what happens is they kind of get this victim mentality of like, now it's my turn to kind of like get back. Get even? Yeah, to get even. I think inside, in some ways, it kind of makes them feel good a little bit that they can be mean and get away with it because it's like, hey, you did this to me, and now I want to do this to you because— I, I want to make you hurt as much yeah, as I hurt. exactly. Because they have so much hurt inside, they don't necessarily know what how to channel that, that it kind of goes back on the loved one, which in return just kind of makes the loved one go back to their addictions. Most of the time, that's what I see happening. Uh, Jay, back to you. Um, you are on the other side where you're sponsoring those yeah. in recovery. Yeah. If, if a spouse comes at them and says, like, I want to make you, like, the, that that person has maybe got six months of sobriety and recovery, and they're, quote, unquote, doing great. They're, or even years. Or even years. And, and their spouse is still talking about what they did five years ago. Yeah. What is that? What? It's a bummer to hear. I mean, well, I mean, just when you break down the psychology of what she just explained, that's like what our three and our six-year-old do to each other. Like, right? You hurt me, so now I'm going to hurt you. Like, that's just like it's so – but it starts at that age, and some of us – you know, we think we're so mature and we're above acting like three and six year olds. But reality is like when we get hurt, most of us, our first response is to. That's the natural man, right? Flash back. Yeah. That's my, the natural man. As soon as my six year old hits my three year old, the three year old hits her back. Like there's no question. She's not coming to tell anyone. Well, or even my, my teenager kids. It's like they hit them and like, yeah, but last week you did this to me. <laughs> yeah. You're like, like well, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, I thought we were over that. And so it's a bummer when I hear um, guys that I sponsor that I know are not full of crap. I know the difference between someone who's just checking off boxes for his wife or his, you know, and I've, I've called those people out, and I never hear from them again. But, like, uh, I'm talking about dudes that are really trying their hard. I mean, guys who are working a stronger program than I did even that first year. Like, so I look up to the people I'm sponsoring, and then to hear what their wives are saying, um, even though they may go to meetings and share testimony and stuff, and to hear what kind of what's going on behind the scenes, and it's like, I'm, it's not so much like at, at times I'm like I'm angry now I'm on a lashback like how dare you wrong him like he's recovered you call yourself a Christian but then you start to think about it and unra- and like um, peel off the onions you realize like these people are hurt too and they don't know how to deal with it mm-hmm. so I was hurt too which is why I continue to hurt everyone around me in my addiction most addicts do that and so for loved ones in order to to alleviate that pain that gets them to want to lash out they have to do the steps they have to so so this again we'll go back the the church did not. Create Create these 12 steps. Uh, they were an inspired group of steps by Bill Wilson and and Bob, Dr. Bob, Dr. Bob. And, and uh, uh, this is my opinion. And I had it confirmed with someone pretty high up in LDS Family Services who was 
critical uh, instrumental in it. In the program, and I, yeah. and I and I said like I, I believe these are like just like Martin Luther was inspired, just like uh, John Calvin and the, the Reformation. I believe Bill and Bob were inspired by God to set these these things up. And I'm like, do you feel that way? And he's like, yes, absolutely. This is. This is the opinion of, for those of you that like, hey, from quote unquote, Salt Lake said this from the opinion that I heard from Salt Lake. Yes, these were inspired. So if that or if you're that type of person, then that may give you some some uh, wings. But some people really do get caught up on that. And that's a trip. Uh, too. I know. I know. So that's why yeah. I said it. Uh, but to me, it, it, <laughs> I, know, I know it's gnarly. But uh, so let me just read this from Bill W., uh, co-founder of AA, uh, talking about Al-Anon. So shortly after the 12 steps of AA were created, Al-Anon was created because of this same phenomenon. You had an alcoholic that just the wreckage that caused to their family for years or decades or whatever, and all of a sudden they get sober, and then the wreckage is still there, and you have a spouse or a child. Was Bill's wife the one who started it? Kind of like Emma Smith and Reese? Uh, I, don't, I don't know that. I, don't know. I wonder if it was. We I think it look, was. We should look I think up. it was, though. Like, I don't know. Well, let me Maybe read, I'm just like, that seems so fitting. Yeah, that would be pretty neat. But let me read this. <laughs> the success of Al-Anon has not only been phenomenal, but I feel it is just about the biggest thing that has happened since AA began. Growth-wise, as a movement, you have exceeded anything that has ever happened to AA. It is early in its early days. Sorry, it grew faster than AA in its early days. And this is, we all know, because you people have been the intent on filling the vast vacuum that has long existed in family relations. For a long time, we wondered why the honeymoon didn't resume. We would say to the wife, this AA stuff is, this AA is great stuff. Come over to our meeting and get a load of it. We'll even allow you to make the coffee while you warm your hands at with the spiritual fires of Alcoholics Anonymous, which is kind of like we did initially, like, hey, spouses, come to the AARP meeting. Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. That's what they did. Yeah. Then, then it said, happily, all of that is now in the past, and you are now commencing to fill with tremendous rapidly in effect that awful vacuum that has existed all along, which has affected half of our membership in these close family relations. Of course, the family relation is the most difficult one because it has been the most deformed. So, like, totally. at first it was like, come and, like, see the recovery and then they realize, like, well, you actually need to do the steps yeah, themselves. Part of the solution. You, you this gotta, is part of the solution. You need help. So, so I think culturally in the church, this is starting to happen because it was like, hey, Attic, come do these ARP 12 steps. Oh, we had the spousal hey. support guy, but like. Hey, you're doing great, but you, now all these. Yeah, now the spouse is still like hurting. <laughs> and we need to fill that vacuum, as yeah. I said. And again, don't think like we're inventing the wheel. This has been out there a long. This has been totally. there since yeah. 100 years. Um, so and it works. So uh, why JY are new come addicts or new people that that like that are step one are like I got a problem. Why are they reluctant to do the steps in the first place? Um, why is the person it could be struggling? Multiple. I mean, give, us, give a few reasons. Uh, one first reason would be you don't feel that really you have a problem. You're just trying to check a box off for someone. Okay, but how about someone who's got a problem? They know they have a problem. What's why are they reluctant? holding them back? Yeah. I you think, were reluctant to do them. Yeah, I think it comes down to just like anything else. This is why people don't join the church, even though they've had spiritual lessons with the missionaries. If you're not truly converted to believe to the point where you believe that without these steps, you won't ever be able to breathe correctly. Like, then you wouldn't do it. Like, why would you? Like, and that's why people turn down baptismal dates, when, even though they felt the promptings at times, but they won't go because you don't want it enough. Like, if you don't want it, like me and Lexi, we like we or talk, they don't have faith that it'll actually do that's it. That's what I'm saying. 
saying. Yeah, you don't want it enough. You don't believe that it'll actually work for you. Okay. Like if you, and the only way you can believe that it'll work for you is to try. It's just like that. Like right, Emily says, like you know, seed and you know, the experiment, the experiment on the word. Yeah, exactly. Experiment on the word. I mean, we were we were so broken as a couple, let alone as individuals, that like. We were down to try anything at that point, and you know, luckily we had this, so we tried it and it worked. And so, when something works, you don't stop. And, and anyways, okay, so why are out. spouses? Why do they report, or why do you think they're reluctant to do so? Because I've personally heard, I know I need to do the steps. I know I need to do the steps. Honestly, I think sometimes they are reluctant because they know they're giving up that power. Yeah, what that, power? The they're power, not on equal footing. They're like the, above the their The power husband. that they kind of hold over their spouses for all the damage that they've caused, they know that, I think they know that if they do the steps, they really have to let that go. Because they've seen the steps yeah. work. Right. And so they're like, wow, if I do the steps, I'm going to have to literally not think or talk about all of the bad crap that's happened. No excuses anymore. Yeah. Let out like that's. And Jay, is that similar to the addict? Is that similar to the addict? You're like, I don't want to do the steps because I'm going to actually have to stop doing my totally, drug. Totally. Like if, if you, if you start buying what stop they're selling at porn, in the if I do yeah, that. if you buy what they're saying, they're like, um, it, it's not only like I may have to change, but even if you want to, you can still be reluctant because you're like, I don't know what life is like without it. Most of us addicts have been using whatever we've been using for our entire life. I mean, I picked up my first drug at 11 years old. That's your daughter's age, right? Like, I mean, I sm- and, and then never stopped. I never stopped. Like, I mean, I never, and pornography, same year, never stopped. Like until I found these meetings, so that's a long. I so, had so, like spurts. So it's of kind of like years, a lot of people that go to AA or ARP half-heartedly, and they're like, "Yeah, it doesn't work." Yeah, yeah. But that's mainly. But it could be because there's they didn't be try so many it. of these under, so many yeah, factors. under. But there's usually more under, and you know, no one wants to talk about what Lexi just said. So you know? say that again, Lex. Like women not wanting. I think or women or men. I men think, or yeah, men. Yeah. Just the, whoever sure. the loved one is, I think they know that going into it, you're giving up that power that that you're maybe you're holding over your spouse of all of the resentments, like that you're you're really ready to let all that stuff go. Because when you do the steps, you're saying, I'm going to let Jesus Christ's atonement heal me from all the damage. And I think sometimes because people are so used to living in the chaos and having that damage and having the hurt, now having that stripped from them, they, they're like that they're fearful of what their new life will bring or how they're going to have to humble themselves. It's a very humbling experience. Like, it, it's got to take faith to just oh. like the addict of like, I got faith that I can actually stop per doing this behavior totally. or taking this like. That takes a leap of faith, and yeah. the same as like the leap of faith on the spouse of this like will actually truly make this will better. actually make me like this hurt, this hole that I have, this hurt and anger that comes up that, that when think, I get triggered, you would think that you'd want to get rid of it, right? Yeah. Because but it's got to take faith that it actually will do it. Like that's there's probably people, destroying your marriage. Yeah, really. it will. It will destroy it. But so like in your mind, you you're think thinking it, like, it won't ah, be back if to, I fix this and my marriage is going to get better. Maybe, maybe that maybe some people like the power of it. Just like addicts like the feeling of control. But do, do you think some ladies don't, or men don't believe that you're as free as you are? Yeah. Or that she hasn't gone through pain. Like, I, or that you didn't, we've or, that, or that you us. didn't hurt as bad as, as me. Like, I you don't hurt as bad as me. It's kind of like the addict going, well, your drug's different than me. Yeah. yeah. You're, you didn't I, slam you, heroin. You didn't do heroin. You didn't do black tar heroin. I did this. Or, I've had, or, even Corinne has 
told me that. Mm-hmm. And I can say her name because she's literally said this to me. She was like, I feel like you haven't been through what I've been through. And that was, and years, that ago. was years ago. When she, and now she realizes that, obviously. That, that was her true. initial thought. But we've had other people say the same thing to us. Like other couples. I've had addicts even say to me, well, yeah, but you didn't suffer what I'm like. Dude, do you know everything that I put my wife through? Do you Like if you – dude, all I know is a few – People that I'm involved with, I'll tell you what, like those those people's characteristics, those addicts, um, they, I thought we just lost our recording. <laughs> no, it's still recording. Uh, what uh, I was saying is like, dude, I'm telling you, most of the people that we know in the meeting don't have a temper like I have and haven't been as verbally abusive to their spouse or loved ones or family when they were on drugs like I was. I, was a, I wasn't a sit in the closet and, and fall asleep. I was uh, I want to I want to stir it all up and, and cause chaos. And if I had pain, I wanted to make you feel pain. And I was I, I didn't have like a limit of stopping. So anyway, it's like there's been so many. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's yeah. it's funny so. like when people and, and and it's okay. It's natural. Like we all do the same. I but, did this, my first meeting. But then, but, then, the but, but Lex, you could also be like, yeah, but that was drugs, and my husband cheated on me with porn or or with sexual stuff. There was sexual stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, but but again, that's like so, again. Let me relate it back to the addict recovery. Is the the the. Early in recovery, Jay, mm-hmm. you have a, a lot of people are like, they look at the differences, not the similarities. Totally. Yeah. Right? That's like, okay. That's it's like, problem. well, yours is drugs, mine's pornography. Yeah. Or yours is pornography, mine's drugs. Those are or, like, excuses that you're still feeding yourself. Yeah. Like, you're just not ready. You only see the differences, not the similarities. And we all do it. Addicts do it. When I walked in my first meeting, I did the same thing. And again, this is not this is not a phenomenon unique with the church or with no. any any addiction. It's, an it's not a shaming like, podcast this, either. Like, forgive yourself and move on. We're trying to like the reason why you felt inspired to do this podcast is because we know um, we've had writings we've had emails come through yeah. of people that are suffering these spouses saying that they can't get rid of this anger and pain and so here we are yeah like yeah like if someone is, i mean if someone is in addiction like and you were fed up to it you were going to leave jay yeah well if someone gets recovery and is in a great spot but the spouse can't let it go well that's not a healthy relationship no. and maybe it's not going to Maybe they Continue. now. Maybe now maybe, that other person wants to leave this the other spouse that didn't do anything because they are sick of living in their past. And, and, and there's no the way I'd be alive. There, I've said this so many times. I would be dead so quickly because I would have used again, and I would have killed myself that next time. Because uh, if if Lexi brought up you know the past, like there's just I'm just I'm, I'm once again though we were at a point of desperation. That it was a choice uh, to get back together. She chose to come back and and chose humbly and, and was willing to admit, like, we have no idea. Like, I'm coming back. I'm like, I want you back. But we both knew we had no idea how to make it work. So then we just leached on to other couple, one other couple that was leading a meeting, and we did everything they told us to do. So and here you, we are. You've, you we literally exercised faith. faith on yeah, them. faith on them. We did the counseling through the church. They were the yeah. only other couple. There was no there other was couple. There was no other couple. James and Terry were it. So... so if if you're a spouse or and then there's Alateen, which does, does the same yeah. steps as well for children of it, mm-hmm. right? They all do the exact same steps that the addict does. Yeah. And in their mind, they replace the word alcoholic with spouse of alcoholic or child of alcoholic. But they go through the exact same step with a sponsor. Mm-hmm. And it's the same disease and, of control. And, and if you, what I'm suggesting, and tell me if you concur. Yeah. If you have a spouse that is in the program or not in the program, maybe they don't have recovery. Even but it's more. <laughs> but even more needed, right? Yeah. But even especially if they are either way, if you do the steps 
okay, if this family's poor guide and reading those things and you like you got the peace back and you don't have that anger and you're not mad at your husband or wife or child, then maybe that was fine. Then you're good. Yeah. Then you're good. But if you're still hurting and you're still going to meetings after months and months and months and you're not getting traction. You're still thinking about the path. And you're still thinking about the path. Then you need to do the steps. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Uh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Steps liberate you from your past, right? Like in, they emancipate you. Remember James used to say that all the, the time? There's nothing else that, that explains this more honestly. I wish this was a church book. And once again, it's like what you're saying. It was... Inspired. Uh, inspired. The Al-Anon Works book literally separates the addiction from the person. It helps you understand how to deal with the addiction, not the person. It has nothing to do with your spouse. When you come to that conclusion, it literally will blow your mind. You're like, oh my gosh, how did I not see this? Like, honestly, my whole life would have been so different if I would have read that book, but I had nothing. Mm -hmm. So, of course... This I just read this book uh, nine months ago. Alanon Works. The Alanon Works book. You can get it on it's Amazon. It's their big book, just like they. Have. It's mm-hmm. a big book. Months. It's not short. It's long, but it it literally explains in but, detail the thoughts. But, but my husband's a pornography addict, not an alcoholic. It doesn't matter. It is all the same thing. And it, it it helps you understand how to deal with the addiction and how to cut yourself off from the person basically manipulating you. That's how. That's what it does. And, and you wanting to manipulate them, and right? Yeah, and control vice them versa. and be obsessed. Obsessive compulsive over like trying to control to their control. side of the street. Our studio audience is nodding their head. Is are you in what, agreement with everything that's yeah. being said? Once you realize that you literally have no control over life, your life at all, or your spouse, so or the addiction, you, you can that again. frees you. It frees you from being like. But why but is am there I is there a is there a is there that yeah is there that natural man tendency to not want to like like. Of course. Where, where, where does that come? Where does that like, come from? You want to control your husband. You want to make sure, like, going through his phone, dude. I'd go through the, like the. I'd go through the bathroom and search all the pill bottles. I'd go in his car and I'd check in his um. What's the little box in the middle of the car? The ashtray. No. <laughs> <laughs> the ashtray still in your no, the, I don't know. The, glo- the glove box. I don't like, know how old your car is. I would like. I'm really <laughs> old. You can tell. That, well, Brad's age is tough to get. If the cane didn't give it away. I would like literally go through his like glove box. I mean, I would do, but what is that going to do? And in fact, so, so searching the, the, your history uh, on the internet history. I got to read this. This is from, I'm going to read this real quick. This is from one of my, um, this is from a person that has been dealing with this for 20 years. Um, she's like, I heard this in a share a long time ago. If something needs to be revealed, the Lord will reveal it in the most gentle way possible. If we dig and search, it will be painful. Leave it in the Lord's hands. I know it's hard to do, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she went on. But that basically just goes to say that, like, once you let go of that control to want to try to, like, help your addict and control what he's doing and try to, like, search for the answers, like, dude, the the Lord is in the details of our lives, like, the... He he will work through you through the 12 steps. You're having a tough time staying quiet over there. <laughs> Sorry. They'll go ahead. Add to it. Yeah, go no. for it, girl. Um, I was just thinking about... Like, Do you want to say who you are? Oh. You're supposed to be Jane. I don't care. Frank, my name. Frankie. <laughs> my name's Nicole. Nicole. <laughs> Nicole. So, Nicole, again, on vacation, stopped by, happened to be here in, by the studio. So and awesome. We're there. So, but you were oh, like, couldn't contain yourself. Our studio's on LDS I think, tools. No, because I... Go I, ahead. You are you a spouse of an addict? I'm a spouse of an addict. Okay. Yes, and 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 my husband's addiction is is 
pornography, lust, addiction, however you describe that. But it's okay that I just said that. So, we don't know who your um, husband is. We're not putting a picture up. <laughs> but, um, and so I, I completely agree 100% that addiction is addiction. And that, and, but I had to figure that out for myself. And when my husband first told me that he had the struggle, like at the beginning of our marriage, I didn't get it. I was like, this is his problem. He has to figure it all out. And I went through this like process. And mostly it was just like kind of putting it in the back door, like, and it, it wasn't healing. And I can't speak 100% because I'm in the middle of doing the steps, but I can just say like the thing that I've learned that helps me so much is that um, it, well, one, you have to work it. And so I think that's sometimes why spouses don't do it because mm-hmm. it's hard work. So you can't say this is his problem. Like yeah. once he, he's got to get his crap together and then everything's going to be perfect. Right. Well, it turns the focus. And this is what I would say, like, and I were talking about, like, it turns the focus to you. Back on you. And that you realize, like, I'm not perfect either. Like, even though, and, and you kind of, in a sense, stop thinking about, like, oh, because it's easy to think that the addict person has this huge problem <laughs> and that you don't have huge problems. And it's not about comparisons anymore. It's just about. You come follow me this week was all about that, right? Yeah. It was like, you know, not, that's what the whole theme of it was, is like, we're all sinners. We're all done. You know, we're all fall very short. Pick up yeah. your rock. You going to yeah. throw it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love I was reading today in Romans, and he talks about, like, the goodness of God, God that brings us to repentance. And I think about, like, the goodness of God also brings healing to us. And that that's the only way that you get to a place that you can let go. And so that's yeah. the thing I kept thinking about. Cool. Thinking. Thanks for sharing. Lexi, get, hit, I want you to hit hard, like, what are the thoughts that go through the spouse, the, like, all the excuses to why they don't want to do it? And then give me the counter to the excuse. Oh, well, like, so, like, one of the excuses, yeah, I think. What are the typical it, excuses? It's a, well, it's his what problem. Or his addiction is so much more than, like, all my little issues. You know, it's like he's got some major. I got. I'm not. I'm like, per, no, but like literally, you guys probably one of the biggest reasons why I didn't do it was because I honestly didn't think I had issues. I thought in this scenario, I was like the perfect one. So I'm like, why well, do I gotta do these steps? I'm good. Is that I don't the, need is to that, do these is steps. That, that's where we tend as humans to compare ourselves to everyone else. Yeah. We'll always find someone worse than us. Oh, for sure. So I don't need to do It made me feel this. better. I'm like, dude, my husband's got some problems. Like, I'm over here just looking like an angel or something. Mm-hmm. You know? So I just thought, not that I thought I was. So who perfect. should we com- who should we compare ourselves to? Oh. Do we compare? Do we compare? Oh, that's kind of a. I think I King know. Benjamin, like he talks about, like I mean, thinking that, like I don't, I can't relate to that because I've always been one of the, being a narcissist, like by nature. <laughs> you obviously think that, like when everything's good, it was all because of you, but then when everything's bad, it's all because of you. So I've never been one to feel like. I was perfect, you know, by any stretch. You know, I didn't want people to give me praise for my accolades, right, and everything else. But at the same time, like, if I made one mistake, and most addicts have I've come to find I'm not the only one, that I thought it was all because of me. Like, I, it's my pro- – like, I'm the worst. No one else is like me. And so it's hard for the addicts to identify with their spouses. I mean, like, when Lexi would say stuff like that, it, like, it blows my mind still to this day. But that's part of their disease is thinking that, like, they're, they're perfect and without God. And once again – 
one of our, our our facilitator, who's currently our facilitator, said the other day in a meeting that like either God is or He isn't. Like, and and if He is, then He has power to do everything. There's no middle ground with God. Like, you either believe that He is God, and that one statement of saying I believe He's God and there is a God, then He has the then that enables Him to have the power to do everything. So it goes back down to the basic, like, commandment number one. A lot of us love to say out loud, we believe, and we say in the same influx tone as the next Mormon up at the pulpit. But it's, it's, it's very easy to say and hard to truly believe when the ship is sinking. Do you really believe that there is a God? Can that God stop the water from coming in? Can he patch the hole up and can he get you to safe seas? You know, I mean, Peter, James, John, all these men were right there in front of the Savior, and even they couldn't believe you know, and, and he's asleep under the deck saying, Dude, are you kidding me? Okay. You want me to prove it again? Watch this. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I think and, we do that and too. That, and that forgiveness and letting go is really hard. Same thing. So it's the like, same, yeah. For, for Believe that God is. For uh, the belief that you can forgive wrongs to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that takes a lot of faith. Yeah. And that's, in this case, it's very... It's close to home mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. it's totally. within the walls of your home right. where you have to forgive that. Maybe it's easier to forgive the stranger on the street, sure. but harder to forgive the people within your own yeah. walls. And the irony home. is a lot of these addicts, like when they were doing, when they do their inventory stack, like they were, they were like, they were abused at a young age. Like, you know what I mean? They were victims themselves, like to, to torment of either That's sexual or physical. That's what I say when, when these spouses find out that, that whatever addiction is going on with their spouse, when they realize that that not is actually that. Not, not the problem. Yeah. That's not the problem. The problem is much deeper than that. And when I try to explain that to my sponsees, it does make a little more sense to them because I'm like, yeah, but wasn't, didn't your husband go through some stuff? And then, yeah, but, you know, there's always like a but at the end sometimes. But I think when you really truly understand, you go, yeah, I mean, that makes sense now that he would do X, Y, and Z or whatever, you know. Not saying it's right, but I'm just saying this yeah, is just this human. Is this is just it's how we humans. cope with each other and live. We are honestly, humans. Like we are not going to it's how we be, be Christians. Yeah, this is how you do it. It's all part of the plan. Okay, so do the steps. Do the steps, regardless. For yourself, both sides. So let me read. I'm going to close with reading. Uh, awesome. uh, this is out of a pamphlet from the Three Views of Al-Anon, and one of it was from uh, I read in the beginning from Bill W. Mm-hmm. One was from an alcoholic. I'm not going to read that. And then this one is like a rec- recovering alcoholic. So this is someone in recovery recommending Al-Anon. And you just replace Al-Anon with the word Al-Anon with doing the 12 steps. Yeah. Because that's all it means is Al-Anon is a a 12-step meeting for family members of an alcoholic or any addiction. Yeah. Um, So let the family into the blessed shelter offered by the 12 steps. Even if the addict, I'm changing some words from here because this is very specific to alcoholic. Mm, Yeah. Even if the, the addict is still nursing the bottle how about uh, nursing the pornography, uh, taking pills, taking pills uh, whatever they're out. into? It can give it can give you a knowing ally. I have become convinced that to let the family alone until later is one of the greatest sins of omission that the twelve stepper can make. So that means let's get the ad, you know let's let's deal with the spouse later. This, the opinion of here is that's uh, one of the greatest uh, sins of omission. Mm-hmm. And that's a term we use in the church, right? Yeah. The alcoholic, okay, the addict who, is, who has a family uses it to raci- rationalize and evade true difficulty. 
Uh, much, many, many addicts' behavior can be understood as a defense against the family's outspoken and silent disapproval. The addict's belligerent, aggressive, and abusive behavior is really a defense against real or imagined disapproval. With the addict's consent, or perhaps at the addict's request, you visit, you visit on a 12-step call. Still, the addict denies everything, rationalizes the problem, attacks the family in such a convincing way that you almost believe what is said. But don't go away saying you'll come back when the alcoholic's ready. Do something to make all this battling, rationalizing, and denying subside. Talk to the family and offer them help for themselves. You are the person you are the person at a good time, a time when the conflict has surfaced for a moment. Tomorrow and maybe a month to come, it will submerge again and you'll let the family alone. Everybody will go back to their previous ways of muddling along, hoping for the best, afraid to rock the boat. <laughs> the help you can offer is doing the steps or Al-Anon or family support. Uh, these t- doing these 12 steps is primarily for the alcoholic's family, but I think that no sure way to shorten the time to the addict's own real admission that the 12 steps are needed than the family beginning its own recovery in doing the 12 steps. In 12 steps, a family can learn things that are truly helpful to themselves and to the addict, sober or drunk or active in their addiction. By getting distance and perspective, the family regains a bit of sanity. By practicing the 12 steps themselves, they regain a life worth living, light, peace, and serenity appear where there had been nothing but agonizing doubt, fear, anger, and guilt. What do you think of that? Dude. Mic drop. Is that mic drop right there? It's good. So do you want to be free from doubt, fear, anger, and guilt? Yes. Do the steps. And and that's that's inside, outside the church. Uh, And if you don't have a support group in your area, go look up Al-Anon. There's the there's They're outside sure the church there's the there's meetings in your in city America, for it and and, and you can just go in there if you're uh, a shame you still have the shame of saying your spouse is a pornography or sex or pills or whatever so just say visiting. my I'm visit no my husband's an addict yeah you don't need to talk about the drug of choice oh. and then the the healing and support what book do you recommend outside um, the church the Al Anon Works book okay and I keep thinking about this I really want to read it. It's, it doesn't take me long. It takes like two minutes. Is that okay if I read it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, so this is a letter from the if you addict. you want to tune out, go ahead, push pause. But <laughs> Whatever. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, okay, so this is a letter from the addict, and this is, is actually— This is a real letter, or— So this is from the Al-Anon Workbook. Oh, okay, this okay. is something that Bill and Bob, this is part of their program. This is something I read in every single one of my, my meetings that I run, and I just think it literally just nails it. So I'm going to read it real quick. It says— I'm an addict. I need your help. Don't lecture, blame, or scold me. You wouldn't be angry with me for having cancer or diabetes. Alcoholism is a disease, too. Don't pour out my liquor. It's just the waste because I can always find ways of getting more. Don't let me provoke your anger. If you attack me verbally or physically, you will only confirm my bad opinion about myself. I hate myself enough already. Don't let your love and anxiety for me lead you into doing what I ought to do for myself. If you assume my responsibilities, you make my failure to assume them permanent. My sense of guilt will be increased and you will, and you will feel resentful. Don't accept my promises. I'll promise anything to get out of the 
get off the hook, but the nature of my illness prevents me from keeping my promises even though I mean them at the time. Don't make empty threats. Once you have made a decision, stick to it. Don't believe everything I tell you. It may be a lie. Denial of reality is a symptom of my illness. Moreover, I am likely to lose respect for those I can fool too easily. Don't let me take advantage of you or exploit you in any way. Love cannot exist without long without the dimension of justice. Don't cover up for me or try in any way to spare me the consequences of my drinking. Don't lie for me, pay my bills, or meet my obligations. It may advert or reduce the very crisis that would prompt me to seek help. I can continue to deny that I have a, a drinking or addiction as long as you provide an automatic escape for the consequences of my drinking. Above all, do learn all you can about alcoholism or addiction and your role and their relation to me. Go to open AA meetings or spouse meetings and um, read the literature and keep in touch with Al-Anon or AA members. They're the people who can help you see the whole situation clearly. I love you. You're addict. Beautiful. Yep. Uh, the name of our podcast, we named it the Next Step Podcast for a reason because the answer is in doing the steps. Um, Jay, you had some experience with with a actual a, a, a 12-step group for addicts mm-hmm. where where the it was a men only meeting yep. specifically to pornography where they were not getting recovery. Yeah, there was like a group of them too. Like for it, years, it had been eight years or nine years of anywhere from ten to thirty people showing up. And, and in my no observation, the shares were about their eight testimonies years. about the gospel. They would testify about the truth of the church and this and that. But you you came back and like they're not doing the steps. Yeah, one meeting it was like enough to never want to go back, or if it didn't change, because it was like no wonder. Like this would be like I would be still I'd be well, like once again if you you know we we say this as addicts and we're not trying to like brag our addictions better because it's it's the same. I've been addicted to both at the same time. But I'm saying if an opiate addict or an alcoholic uh, went to a church meeting um, that was you know ran by sweethearts in the church trying to you know bear their testimony and give a deep doctrine lesson about how they can relate addiction to their favorite scripture and how the prophet once said one thing and now they're going to tie it to this and it's so clever and creative I'd be dead I, I, I promise you I'd be dead it wasn't enough I went to church every Sunday throughout my entire addiction it wasn't enough I needed some I needed an addict an alcoholic or someone that was like me to look me in the eyes and go I have been there, kid. You're not, you're not freaking the first guy to do this. I have done this, I have done that, and I have done this. But guess what? I am free today. I'm alive. And here's how I did it. If that didn't take and, place. And, and they did it by yeah, doing, I get the, like and I, they did it by doing, doing the, steps. the steps. Like if that wasn't handed to me that simply, like dead, dead. Jay wouldn't exist. And we, like, we hear, and I remember, because I, I was same thing short one time, meeting. because I mentioned, like, to to someone who was a, a porn and sex addict about, like, well, you know, drugs and alcohol can kind of kill you. And he looked at me in the eye, he's like, there's a lot of us that are porn and sex addicts that die because we take our own lives. Totally. And he looked at me in the eye, and I was like, I'd never said that again. Yeah. yeah. So that totally. that that uh, reality of... And, uh, and the point of what, why and, you brought that up is once we, we got, uh, you know, we were able to kind of influence this group. And we put someone in there who had done the 12 steps like we do them in general addiction. And just literally preach, do the steps. Do the steps. That's all you say in the beginning of the meeting. And guess what? Now they have a group full of people who are getting sobriety, have sponsors, have chips. Like the whole culture, eight years that thing had been going on. So if you're in a support group, this is a support uh, group thing, and you have Same uh, thing. 
uh, Women, family members family. that are just they're going there talking about the problem. Yeah, they just and want they've to been coming for they four can years. Come and complain about the problem. The answer to that, Members. if you're a group leader, is do the steps. Yeah. And the steps are in the support guide. It says at the beginning, do the actual twelve steps. And they are people. And if so, sponsor. yeah, with, with a sponsor. sponsor. Thank you. With someone who's done it. So, so that, it's that's the a sponsor. only yes. way it works. If you do it with your so, bishop again, or religious if you don't president. have anyone in your area of the land, go to Al-Anon. my phone number. And then, and then after you do it, <laughs> no, we've sponsored people over the phone. If, if it has to be that way, we'll do it. And right now, if that's it, but guess what? You're going to be that person for that next totally. spouse that comes in there. You're the first generation. So pioneers, like we talk about the pioneer stories, walking across the plains. This is a new model of pioneers. I can't appreciate enough. I tell my girls that all the time. Like, the more people that do the steps, the more you're going to be able to help. It's not about you. And when you and realize it's not about you, dude, they want to help. Heavenly Father opens it up, yep. and it's awesome. Yeah, glad we like did these this. people. It's All right, awesome. Anything to add, audience? <laughs> Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, go to our website, whatever. Send us an email. Send us a message. We appreciate it. Keeps us going. When they come to our meeting, we're like, okay, Jay, we got to keep doing this for another year now. Yeah, this right. buys us another year of doing we it. got our answer. Uh, <laughs> there you go. All right. Till next time. Jay. Later. Gospel plan.
man Let him know the special blessings of thy peace